Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q Podcast. We're preserving the culture and traditions of the fire service is our priority. For more information, visit www.pintheq.com and subscribe to Pin the Q Productions on YouTube. It's our honor to showcase the best of the bravest. St. Johnsbury Fire Department. So my neighbor, he was a volunteer firefighter and I saw him going to calls and then eventually later on I decided to find out how to join the department. So I joined the department and from there I worked my way up to a larger department being a call staff member and then eventually applied here and got hired. What's it like to work here? That's pretty good. Everybody works together pretty well. It's kind of like a second family. So last month I was given the job of the EMS training officer so my job is in to put out weekly EMS trainings and try to assist people through with getting their proper hours they need to maintain their license for their EMS. And you're seeing more of a trend in firefighting doing EMS now, right? Oh yeah, for sure because like about 60% of our calls are EMS and in most departments it's higher than that. Right. So in the future, do you see your department as a transport department or no? I would like to, but it might take a little work and we need more personnel in order to do it because we don't have enough currently to run on the engine, so we won't be able to have enough for an ambulance as well. I appreciate you talking to us. No, thanks. Thanks so much, man. You're welcome. Firefighter Brennan Greaves with St. Johnsbury Fire Department. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So take me back to the beginning of your firefighting career. Like how did this all start for you? I know it started in the volunteer service, right? Yep. I started on a small department. Um, My grandfather and great-grandfather and my father were all part of the department. So I was introduced at a young age and just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, you a bit by the bug, they say, right? Yeah. So what was it like, you know, seeing your grandfather doing this, and then now that you're doing this, what's it like for you? It's a little different over on the side of the state, but it's it was always cool watching him and tagging along in his pickup and growing up. And Right. And now that you're a firefighter, um, talk to me about 
what it's like being a firefighter here. That's a lot busier than where I come from. We went from where I come, we had like 60 calls a year, and now we're pushing 1,400 this year. And that so, includes EMS, right? Yeah, EMS runs. So are you an EMT or a paramedic? Uh, EMT. Before, I didn't even really know what EMS was. Right, so you got into the fire department, but just the fire department, yeah. no idea EMS existed. Yeah, right? it was, you see it once in a while, but. Talk to me about your tran transformation here to this fire department, what's it like for you? It was a big change, um, a lot more going on, a lot more stuff to learn, I guess. Um, fire alarm systems and trucks. And you've been here seven months, correct? Uh, full time, seven months, yep. So, were you called firefighter here before your seven month time? Yeah, for I think four years. Okay, so it's four years a long time. Yeah. So, what was it like for you when you finally got that nod, like, yeah, I'm going to get this full time job? Talk to me about that. It was a pretty good feeling. Yeah. yeah. It was maybe pretty warm inside, I guess. I was so excited. Now, do you feel uh, as a full time firefighter here that one of your jobs and responsibilities is to be a mentor for others? I try. Now, I noticed today you had uh, some interns here that came into the firehouse. Yeah, from the academy. And what do you guys do for the interns? Well, we just show them our day-to-day -day lifestyle here, I guess. Go over trucks and equipment, and they all seem like they're interested in it as a career. So right. we try to show them the fun stuff and the not-so-fun stuff. So in that respect, you are mentoring. Yeah. Uh, and you're having an oppor opportunity to mentor other firefighters, which is, which is a good thing. Yep. What is it about this community that grew you here why do you why do you want to be here well, i had quite a few friends that i went to school with that were here and it's just it's like a family here everybody's close and you know everybody and and it's great you guys have a tower ladder here do you assist other surrounding departments with the tower we do go mutual aid someone requested yeah yeah so in your time as ems Right, when you were getting paid to do EMS, and I'm sure you went on fire calls at that time and offered in uh, those EMS assignments. Talk to me what it was like about now you, you're there, right? You made it to the career department, you're no longer on the sidelines. Talk to me about that. It's a lot better now for sure. It was, it was hard going to jobs and sitting on, like you said, the sidelines and watching all my buddies do what I consider the fun job and I was just standing on the side. Right. I usually couldn't wait for my shift to get over so I could come here and change and go back. What are some unique responsibilities that a firefighter has in this type of area in Vermont versus different parts of the country? We're alone most of the time, small crews. You don't know what's coming behind you for help. Right. And then you have, you obviously have this rural area of firefighting that you have to deal with and contend to. What are some of the obstacles you have in this rural area? Um, winter, icy roads, um, water's not always right there for you. You have to locate it or draft or have it trucked in. Uh, it's not like you have a fire hydrant, you know, every 200 feet, every 300 yeah. feet. Right? Could be miles before your next water source. So I grew up just a few blocks down the street on Summer Street, and uh, my father was a firefighter for my entire life, so I kind of grew up coming over here as a kid. And of course, as you know, it kind of gets in your blood, and as I was getting a little bit older, I realized it was something I wanted to do for a career, so uh, I wound up here. Talk to me about having your son now as the, uh, the assistant chief here at the fire department. What does that mean to you? Well, it means a great deal to me. Uh, I'm very proud of him. 
He's done an excellent job here. He's very well thought of in the community and uh, the guys here all like him very, very much. And so uh, for me, I'm very happy. Talk to me about what it was like when you started here. Uh, very different from today. Uh, I started here in the early 60s and we literally pulled firefighters off the street asking them if they want a job. And if they worked out, okay. If they didn't, they were down the road. Unlike today where they're fully trained before they come in here. And we had on the job training. And long hours, um, my first shift uh, that I worked was 84 hours a week. And we went to se uh, 72 hours a week a few years later and then to 56. And the pay wasn't always the greatest. And the benefits were not always the greatest. And uh, for me, uh, when I started to give you an idea, our two oldest fire trucks were 1938. Wow. Our next one was a 1947, and the newest one was a 1949. So it kind of dates me a little bit. What was it like having that type of equipment? I mean, you see what the fire floor has today. What's it like for you to see it? Well, one fire truck today will do the job that three or four used to do years ago. And they carry, they carry more personnel, more equipment, more uh, water, and can do just so much more. Um, our, our pumpers back then, one of them carried 500 gallons of water and the other two carried 100 each. Wow. And you rode on the back step, that's how you got to the fire. And uh, sometimes uh, I remember one night, it was around zero or below, and Littleton Fire Department called us, and two of us rode on the back step from here to Littleton. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> freezing. I can't imagine doing it today, but back then uh, we loved it. Yeah, it's just something you did, right? It's something you just did. So Chief, uh, talk to me about what it's like right now to have uh, your father next to you in the firehouse that you grew up at. Uh, what's that like for you? Well, it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of, a lot of kids grow up wanting to be firefighters. I was one of the few lucky ones that got the opportunity and also got the opportunity to do it in the same fire station my father worked in. So, you know, it's it's at a different time than, than he was. Um, he talked about some of the firefighting equipment they had then and some of the qualifications you needed to get hired back in the day and certainly they've changed. So um, I came up in the generation where they were starting to uh, require much more out of firefighters. So I feel uh, very privileged to have the opportunity to do this. Well, we uh, that was a terrible, uh, terrible night. Uh, we were on duty. I was on duty with uh, Gene McDonough. My, he was my brother-in-law, and um, the Lindenville Fire Department had a tone for a warehouse fire. That's a community about nine miles, eight miles north of us here, and we were pretty sure we were going to get called to go. And sure enough, we did. And we got up there, and it was an extremely large fire. I was the uh, pump operator. I drove up, and uh, Gene was on the line along with uh, three or four other guys. And we had laid our lines in and hooked up to the hydrant, and we were pumping water on the fire. Uh, I was running a master stream from the engine that I was operating. And the other guys were at the fire scene itself, just outside the side door of this huge warehouse that was burning. And then all of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, a section of that warehouse came down and it crushed Gene. 
and uh, it killed him instantly, I believe. He was he was transported to the hospital, but we were told he he had died, and it was a horrible night, one of the more horrible nights that I've ever had in my career, the most horrible night actually I ever had in my career. Not only did um, you know you lose a brother firefighter, but you lost a family member. Right. Um, talk to me about how that was for you, the process, that whole thing, you know, coming back to work. Um, <clears throat> I needed time, and uh, luckily the department gave it to me, uh, but uh, I needed some healing time. It set me back quite a bit. Um, to lose a fellow firefighter, uh, who also happened to be a family member, was uh, very devastating. Something you don't want to ever have happen, but we all knew that someday it may very well happen, and uh, you just hope when you go to work that it doesn't happen. But that day it did. Talk to me about the community support that you received from from the city after that incident. Um, the entire community was very supportive of the fire department. Um, I wish it was longer lived, but I remember going out on calls after that, and we'd be going down the street with a siren on red light and people were scrambling to get off the side to give us the right of way, much more so than they do now or before that incident. So the community was very, very taken back by it. Right. I mean, as a, as a resident and as a fire department, it must have been somewhat healing knowing that your community had your support under those trying times. Right. Um, I recall coming out of the church after the service was over, that one of the select men was, had tears in his eyes. And that, that was a, a nice thing to see. Absolutely. So, so you retired in uh, 2001, correct? Correct. Talk to me about uh, what it feels like to be retired. Is it difficult or is it uh, rewarding? Talk to me about that. It's difficult and rewarding. Um, I can't do the job today because of my age. I, I can't even imagine putting an air pack on and going into a fire today at age 76. But um, it's, it was, it's also hard to come back because you're on the outside now looking in and you can't do anything. And that's very difficult. And so I purposely kind of stayed away just because I didn't want to be too critical or too judgmental of the guys that were working here or uh, and get myself worked up. But I'm better at that now. I can go to calls now and relax a little bit better and let them take care of things. But at first, it was difficult. Right. Chief, talk to me about uh, your experiences as a young man here, uh, as a boy, and then uh, what it's like now to be in the firehouse. Honestly, not a whole lot has changed in the firehouse. That's the same place it was when I was coming here when I was eight years old, ten years old. Um, so, I mean, the, the building itself really hasn't changed. Um, but the value in that, as far as the history aspect, is, is awesome. Right? It is. The stories that could be told between these walls is invaluable. It's something that each one of us carries with us, and you wish you could, you could somehow talk about some of that stuff and, and get it out. It's unbelievable. The building here was built in 1923, so it's had a lot of history with our fire department. Um, it's pretty cool to think that, in a lot of ways, that the building hasn't changed since I was coming here as a kid. 
Talk to me about that green chair upstairs. <laughs> so um, the green chair was in his room <laughs> for many years over in the in the corner back bunk room and uh, so they had to take it out to make some room so it's sitting up in our day room still but that chair is that was probably here when you got here yeah I mean that chair is probably 60 years old that's amazing that's upstairs <laughs> yeah. I had an opportunity to sit in that chair and it's comfortable oh great, <laughs> great. <laughs> I, as soon as I sat and I could, sit, I could fall asleep <laughs> that's for sure so so before I let you off the hot seat uh, one I'd like to thank you for giving us an opportunity to have your story told and, and to relive some of the history here at the fire department which which I think is very important I believe strongly that the new firefighters coming in have an opportunity to hear these stories so they understand the past because if they don't know the past there's no way they can know the future correct um, what advice would you give uh, to these new firefighters coming in the door here, what advice would you give them? Well, um, I guess to work hard and uh, and to be focused, but to try to learn about the past history because not only here in St. Johnsbury, but the entire fire service since the early 1900s has really come a long, long ways. And you cannot forget that past, as you just said. If you do, you have no future. And so um, to stay focused on the job and uh, be kind to each other and work hard and um, just remember where you came from. Welcome back to Pendicue Productions, Pendicue Podcast. We're here in Vermont, St. Johnsbury Fire Department. And first and foremost, Chief, thanks for having us here. You're welcome. I appreciate Glad to have it. You. And of course, the Brass Pole, legendary fire department stuff. This is good stuff. Um, Chief, talk to me a little bit about um, your response area and some of your fire load here. Yeah, so St. Johnsbury is an old community, um, 37 square miles roughly. We've got 65% uh, of our population lives in a two and a half square mile area. Okay. The surrounding part of our community is rural farmland, um, so it's much more spread out. And we have some response times that can push 15 minutes in some of our furthest reaches. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have an opportunity to listen to the Assistant Chief read 
uh, here at the fire department. And one of the things I enjoyed a lot about this department in my time here was uh, how close everybody is here. Uh, you guys seem like a pretty tight-knit group of firefighters, which is awesome. Um, talk to me about that kitchen table upstairs and what that means to you. Well, I mean, the kitchen table is always the area where everybody comes to in the morning. They get together. The shift this morning, they stuck around. So um, the guys like to just stay and do some, uh, take some shots at each other, right, have right. some fun, <laughs> they sit, tell each other some jokes, have coffee, and then uh, get on their day. The, the, the fire service is a lifestyle. You know, Absolutely. It's not just yeah. a career, it's a lifestyle. Talk to me about what it is about being a firefighter here that means so much to you. For me personally, this is a place I grew up, very close to the firehouse. Um, and so it's always good to be a hometown firefighter. Um, the fire service as a whole is very steeped in tradition. Mm -hmm. And this firehouse, as you've seen, right, is right. very steeped in tradition. There's, there's a lot of history here. Um, it's a great place to work. There's not a lot of people. Um, but for a small community, uh, not everybody... Fires are just down for everybody, right. but we get our fair share of work, and the guys like it. And your firefighters, I mean, they're going to work, so they're, they're by themselves for a little bit until help comes, right? Talk about that. That's right, yeah. So we have, um, we have three shifts of three members. We'll run as low as two, and uh, we have a very close mutual aid system with our surrounding communities who call on us on a regular basis when they have fires. So. Um, our members are responding to these calls, and uh, it's not uncommon for two members to be fighting house fire by themselves for anywhere from 12 to 15 minutes before the next rig shows up. And, and that's a that's a big difference from some other communities where they have you know five on the rig or more, and you know with manpower pools on the front porch. So uh, it's it's a lot different than, than some other communities. Um, what is it about this area for you that kept you around? I wanted to be on the fire department here, yeah. um, and there is no other St. Johnsbury Fire Department. I don't think there's another St. Johnsbury in the world. Um, you can only be on your hometown fire department in one place, and that's where I wanted to be. I love the fact that your dad uh, is in the firehouse with us right now, and that you had this opportunity, because uh, not everybody does have the opportunity to actually be with their father and have their father in the firehouse with them. Um, talk to me about that legacy firefighting. What does it mean to you? Well, I mean, it makes it a little bit extra special, right? You follow right. up in your father's footsteps. You hope you do as good as he did and take on the same um, level of um, commitment to the department that he had. So, um, you know, you're trying to live up this, to somebody's expectations. But it's also pretty cool just to think that, you know, I'm the, technically the fifth member of my family to belong right. to the fire department. So, And, that's, and that in itself is awesome. When you talk about it legacy is. firefighting and family tradition, you know, that's that's an awesome thing. And having your name on the back of a jacket that others have had before you means something. It does. Now, this fire department, it's not just, um, you, you guys are doing technical rescue too. So talk to me about that. So we're trained in technical rescue, um, the full complement, minus, um, minus water. We don't do swift water yet. Um, but frankly, this area just doesn't have a lot of need for it. I mean, it does happen, so we're prepared for it. Right. But the, the number of calls we get for technical rescue are few and far between. I see that you and the fire chief, uh, you're making great strides in progression uh, to bring the fire department to that next level and provide for your community. Uh, talk to me about that. 
That's some undertaking. Yeah, it's a huge undertaking. Um, you know, we talk about tradition, we talk about the old ways. We always want to preserve that. I think it's important that we preserve the traditions of firefighting and the priorities that we have every time we go out the door. But at the same time, we need to look to the future for how we can best provide that. Um, St. Johnsbury is in desperate need of personnel. We need to put more people on full time. And uh, the chief and I are committed to trying to do that. Um, we're hoping to put on another shift eventually. We're hoping to add uh, emergency medical services transport to, to, the, to the firehouse and come up with some creative ways we can put more members in, 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 the, in the fire station every day so our community is safer and our firefighters are safer. Chief, what has been your most rewarding opportunity, if you will, being a firefighter here? Uh, I mean, it's pretty neat to go out and everybody says it's great to go out and help your community. Of course it is, right? But these are literally my friends, like the people I grew up with. So right, right, that's, right. that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and it just feels like home. I mean, there's right. no other job in this world that makes it feel like home, that you literally are somebody's family. You right. live with the people you work with. Absolutely. One third of your life. Exactly. And, and that's a really good point. Um, you don't always have to go somewhere else. Sometimes there's no place like home, right? There isn't. <laughs> so uh, for you, and, and you're actually uh, you're an example of that, a great example of that. So Chief, I, pre I appreciate you having us in your home, uh, getting to meet your family, and just being part of St. John's for today. Absolutely. Glad Thanks, to Chief. have you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pin the Q podcast brought to you by Pin the Q Productions. Visit us at www.pintheq.com.